Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Hey guys, welcome back to part two of the NLU co-founder Tron Carter's podcast. Um, part one, this podcast was just too long. I split it into two parts. Hopefully you caught part one. Uh, we're going to flow right into it right about now. All right. Chris Cheney at wrong underscore fairway asking the key question, which lacks more pop, Speed's belt game or Kuchar's game in general? It's a loaded, loaded question. Um, I could see this going either way. Yeah, that's tough. So to give some background on Kuchar, because I think the first, the, the first and only podcast I've been on was the first, the first podcast of No Laying Up, and I was just drunk out of my mind, eating <laughs> chips the whole time. <laughs> um, was that the heritage? It was two yeah, years ago. Yeah, and it was just me. Like I think that was where the phrase "lax pop can't play" really came into the vernacular. Because um, my brother had a. He had a big, uh, he had a football coach that he would be in films, and this coach would be like, Schuster, huh, stinks, guy lacks pop, can't play, gets ejected from the A-gap, trucked by a fresh, freshman running back, can't trust him, can't play on my team. So that's kind of the whole Kuchar thing. Um, I, w- I would say it's still Kuchar. I mean, Spice Belt. It's kind of, you know, it, it's it's kind of a one-off. I think I like. I don't really love his hats, but the shirts are fine. He wears, you know, he wears some boring stuff, but um, but for the most part, it's just the belt. The belt is just an abomination. But Kuster, his whole, not just his outfit, his whole entire persona is an abomination to me. Um, you know, in granted, I realize I'm talking about like the nicest guy on tour here. <laughs> And people will like tweet at me all the time, and they'll be like, "Oh, I heard this great Kuchar story from here. I heard this great Kuchar story. I was down at Sea Island, and like supposedly the guy tells some pretty good jokes, and he's he's a great guy." So I say all this tongue in cheek. Yeah, but, we're having fun. We're allowed to have fun. But, yeah, but he set up his entire game to basically like get backdoor top tens, <laughs> I mean, which is like un-American to me. It's and then you look at his. I went all the way back to like the Walker Cup. And the guy has just shit his pants in every major international competition in the last 20 years. <laughs> I think uh, in that very first podcast, you and I argued pretty strong. I was on the other side of the coin in that, well, first, I don't think he's won since 2014. I could be wrong. So he hasn't, I don't think he's won since that podcast. <laughs> since that, no, he won two days after that podcast. against the guy, and you're like, no, I, I was like just going after you for, for sticking up for Kuchar. And then I still contend, though, that, like, that – so he won that week. Yeah. It's like him and Luke Donald were two of the last, you know, four guys on the course. And he won that week, and he holed out from the bunker on Sunday on 18. I, I still contend that that ball would have gone, like, 15 feet by. He would have bogeyed it and lost in a playoff. 
because we watched him three putt seventeen from five feet. That was like because we had you and I had this big debate on the podcast. I was pro Kuchar, you were against, and then he three putt right in front of us, and you were just letting me absolutely hear it. And we're still on seventeen, and we hear this ridiculous roar go up on eighteen. Find out it was Kuchar that hold the bunker shot. You were just yeah. despondent. You were just beside yourself. And I think I had gotten I I gotten a text message from my bookie like couple like an hour before about you know I owed him. I don't know, eight or nine hundred dollars, and then I was just in a terrible mood at that point. And then, and then, and then, yeah, that whole thing happened with Kuchar. It was just—it was a confluence of shitty stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, this whole—you know—like I hate his swing. I'll be the first yeah, to say that. That's fair. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's just a brutal swing to watch. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it was two years ago, kind of the manifestation of all of this. Kucher lacks pop can't play hashtag LPCP stuff was this stretch of golf that we're in right now where you've got you know heritage and then you got like Valero um, which you know if I'm not mistaken two years ago I think he shit down his leg at Valero he was like the 36 hole leader you know yeah I think um, we're kind of entering that stretch of golf with Kucher where you know, he tends to play well at Valero play well the first couple of days and then fall back as the weekend approaches. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I just don't think, I just don't have any faith in the guy when, when the chips are down and, you know, it's Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I feel like he's, you know, he's either, he's either fading a little bit from an early lead or he's coming back from, from not, not being in contention and backdooring a top 10. Yeah, I don't want him on the Ryder Cup team. My overall point was, I think, uh, guys, we're literally rehashing this conversation from two years ago, but I just think guys that you know finish near the top and maybe don't win as often as they are in, you know, whatever, their winning percentage isn't as what it should be based on their top tens, that gets held against them more than it does is celebrated for the fact that they're in the top ten. I get your point, and you're saying he built his game based on this really low ceiling, but... My whole point is I just didn't think he was that talented of a guy to begin with, and he just scrapes the most out of most possible out of his game. I mean, he, he went through a really dark spell several years ago, if I remember right, and rebuilt his swing and got into where what he what he is today, which we haven't heard from him much in the last couple of years, which uh I mean usually you could you know, he's a guy you could slot into your fantasy lineup and be pretty, you know, pretty trustworthy that he's gonna give you a top fifteen performance, but I mean, I haven't, I haven't, you know, he hasn't infiltrated a broadcast in a long time. Maybe. I don't I think, know. I don't watch yeah, golf. <laughs> I think the tenor of our conversation, too, was whether you would rather have, Ser- like, whether Sergio or Kucher should be considered a better, like, have a better career. Yeah, you you're got, you're made the very good point in that um, Sergio gets beat up for not winning, especially for majors, whereas Kucher okay, gets yeah. a pass. That's yeah. That I agree with. I think Sergio brought that on a little on himself more from off the course antics and some of the things he said and whatnot. But and the expectations were higher. For yeah, Sergio absolutely, too. absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's that not, goes back to your point. It's not apples to apples, but uh, it's it's I, I do definitely do see your point in that uh, you know it's kind of the same way like we view like. I think Randy made the big Randy made the point once like Ricky Fowler's got work to do to be to get to Martin Keimer's career, you know? But the way we looked at Keimer coming out isn't the way we looked at Ricky Fowler coming out. We say, you know, it, it, I think it's just a really good point. It's like, wow, Keimer is a two-time major winner, former world number Shit, one. Like, Big Randy and I followed Keimer, I think this was three years ago at Heritage. Followed him, like, 
on a Friday, and the guy and the guy was like lost, yeah, like, just completely like so his he's the one he's one of the few guys on tour that just straight up can't figure his can't figure his game out. I don't think one anyone can. Or yeah. yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah, um, Brendan Keating asks a good question at uh, Keating B eighteen. Uh, with people like Tiger, Rory, Brooks switching from Titleist to Nike for mega deals, do you ever see that happening with Spieth or Thomas? Um, I'll preface it by saying I think a guy like Spieth or Thomas is more valuable to Titleist than, say, you know, a Kepka or somebody like that, just because I don't know. I mean, Thomas is the son of a golf pro. Right. Yeah. So he's, you know, so I think there's there's kind of a little bit of a grinder mentality there, and he he kind of he, he kind of resonates with with a lot of these golf pros. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, it's probably I'm probably not a great person to ask this question to because I just yeah. I just abhor Nike golf. <laughs> just the ugliest shit on tour. I thought you'd be better than me because I just don't. I don't understand what drives guys to change equipment companies other than money. I don't think speed to Nike doesn't make any sense to me because he's got Under Armour clothing yeah. locked up basically for life. Um, I wouldn't have predicted Kepka to go there, but I, I mean, God knows what they paid him. But I just find it. I, I, a guy obviously we've talked about before and that doesn't get talked about by anybody anymore is Kyle Stanley. Like. He went from being, I think in 2012, he was top 10 or something on tour in ball stroke, in, in strokes gain tee to green. And he was top 8, I think, in driving distance. And I looked it up today. He's 88th on tour now in driving distance. Like, I, I don't know how that happens. I think, I think he has complete – I haven't gotten to watch him play in a couple of years, but I think he's completely changed his game. I mean, he basically does not try to overpower courses anymore, lays back off the tee and – Kind of plays a much more conservative style of golf, um, but I just I don't know I, I don't understand like the Nike transition really seems to affect some guys, and then somebody like Kepka has kind of been it's it's been a very easy transition it seems like. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. Too, Same. Where, yeah. You know, I've always been I've always been you know irons like Titleist or Mizuno, um, you know, and then you know Driver I've always had a Titleist like yeah Ball I've always used a Titleist I've never really even bothered to question you know that stuff just always felt good to me yeah. so uh but i mean stanley i think that would his results this past week would, would kind of back up what you were saying where he was kind of throttled back a little bit um you know he, he finished finished pretty well he had a pretty good pretty good week at, at, at hilton head yeah he's um, been really consistent this year i mean it's been it's yeah. it's not been like thrilling to watch. He's not not making broadcasts. He's not really. He's got. I don't know, he doesn't have many top tens, but he's making a ton of cuts. Which I mean, if you yeah. saw what was going on with his game, if anybody was following him for uh, you know for the last couple of years, it was a lot of missed cuts, and you never knew what to expect. His putting really let him down. He is positive strokes gain putting this year, <laughs> which is insane. It, it I mean, is. We were out at Hilton Head a couple of years ago. I remember just. Just listening to the sound the ball made off of his putter, it was like like that. That still haunts my dreams. It yeah. was like this, just this really shallow tin sound. It was weird. Yeah, he was lost. But I mean, I got to give him credit for yeah. for the fight back he's had. I mean, I think so. This year he missed the cut at Puerto Rico at the and at the Career Builder. That's all he's missed in 2016, and he's been playing a lot of golf. 
Um, he missed two in the fall, Sanderson Farms and the and in Mayakoba. Um, but those are two majors. Though. Those are two majors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, a top twenty at the Houston Open, and uh, he's he's the for those wondering why we're talking about Kyle Stanley, he's the original, he's my original man crush <laughs> that precedes the No Laying Up website. So uh, if he ever does make it all the way back, if you think the Kepka or Thomas or any of the crushes are intense, then yeah, it was uh, like Kyle Stanley and then Horschel. Yep, Horschel was like right at the beginning of No Laying Up. It was uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly it. And I mean, I think he was he was twenty thirteen, wasn't he? Was he was twenty thirteen? I started to become obsessed with the horror show. And like, what, like, I, like, I would just get texts. We all just get texts from Solid. They were just like literally like four or five times certain rounds. It would just it would just be horseshoe in all caps with, with like nine extra <laughs> points. <laughs> we even had a a, uh, a way to say it, didn't we? It was yeah. horseshoe. <laughs> yeah, he would. Although I will say, I mean, he shit. He finished like top five at four or five events in a row. I know that was, and he finally won one. That was such an absurd run. But uh, yeah. um, what uh, what do you think about why is Paige Sporanic on the front cover of Golf Digest? This is like, question. This, even, this question yeah, is from even Robert get Jones. Started on Golf Digest, and I know, like, I got to bite my tongue a little bit here because you know I like Ashley Mayo. You know, that Alex Myers guy's cool. Like, I, I feel like, you know, there's some good people over at Golf Digest and yeah. doing what they got to do from a business perspective. But I'm just like, this is, this is absurd. Like, it's not even gratuitous at this point. It's just, it's like so far off the rails that, you know, I'm just like, it's like, it's not about golf anymore. No. Uh, Whereas I, I don't understand, like, why, like, why would I pick up a Golf Digest to look at chicks if you, I could just, move further down the, the uh, <laughs> magazine rack or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just, like, there's something called the internet. Yeah, there's internet <laughs> porn out there if you need to see boobs. But uh, yeah. I think, the, 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 I, I'm, obviously, I, when you see, uh, we all have the same reaction to seeing that. I'm sure a lot of people that work there had the same exact reaction as we did, too. The only defense I'll give them is they are, like, a golf lifestyle magazine more than they are about a P, the PGA Tour. Um, they, they are, I forget what they're, they're saying is about like, we're, you know, where to play, how to play, what, what not. That's the only real yeah. defense I'll give it. And that, I, yeah, but, I, give them that. I mean, they're trying to sell magazines, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, you know, I can't remember the last time, like even the last like Jaime Diaz article I read in, in golf digest was the bubble one. It was like a bubble cover, you know, it was a cover oh. story. And that was. It was like this Bubba fluff piece that I just felt. I was like, "Shit, this is not." You guys are mailing it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? If, not to God, not to rail back to back on Golf Digest, but Dave Katib wants to know uh, what? It, what was your reaction when you saw their their this tweet, which says conspiracy theory: aliens caused Jordan Spieth's Masters meltdown. <laughs> yeah, like that's the kind of stuff I'm just like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even follow them on Twitter anymore. Like, I follow all their personalities, but I don't yeah. follow their main account just because, you know, it's either it's either the equipment company's trying to pimp something out, you know, paying them to promote some sort of equipment gallery or, you know, some dumb concept or them just pushing chicks in our face. Like, the 10 hottest tour wives that, 
you know, whose son, whose whose husbands played in the Shell Houston Open. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Golf.com is equally bad about that. That's that's yeah. not unique to Digest. But, but I feel like, yeah. Golf, yeah. And Golf.com, I don't know, maybe I'm just partial to, like, they got, like, Bamberger, who's just a fucking G. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's kind of polarizing, but, like, Shipnuck, like, everybody, you know. And, like, going back to, going back to speed, because I, I forgot to say this earlier. So, Shipnuck, I don't know, a lot of people regarded it as, like, a hot take when he tweeted out about, you know, Spieth, um, Spieth's, like, basically off-season schedule or, you know, kind of silly season schedule being just, you know, big a big reason why he, you know, didn't close at the Masters. And I don't know if you can draw a direct distinction between the two. But at the same time, at some point, has Spieth, like, has he really had his swing at any point since, since Kapalua? Let, let's clarify this one for one thing. Alan said that uh, Speed's schedule forever altered the course of his career. So that's why we called it a hot take. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's why we called it a hot that's, take. That's one of the other things I appreciate about him. He's just, he's just chumming the water. It's so good. <laughs> he's not chumming the water. He's pouring oil into it and then dumping and lighting it on fire. Uh, no, I, 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 there is something to the schedule. I don't, I don't think... The that is still the fatigue is still a factor or was a factor come Masters like speed. Uh, we've talked. About, I know. Right. I know. I, I know. He struggled this swing. I just don't think. Um, I don't know. I have a hard time drawing that parallel for a 22 year old to be. You know, all he really said. He had one post round interview where he just like, I'm tired, man. Yeah, I'm tired. I've been doing a lot of travel. That was really the end of us hearing. I don't read all his press conferences. Maybe he talked about it more, but. I feel like it just kind of got blown out of proportion there, and a little bit of jet lag for a 22-year-old gets settled like within a couple of weeks. I don't think that's I don't think it's a direct parallel or direct correlation to struggling with your swing. But I, but I'm just saying, like the whole process, the whole early season, he's been spending so much energy just grinding out some of these rounds and fighting his swing a little bit. I mean, because he had such a dominating performance at the Mercedes, right? Yeah. It's or true. whatever the Hyundai or whatever it's called. It's still the Mercedes in my mind. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fresh tournament back in the day. Um, but like, you know, I just I just look at it and I'm like, I see the picture of him in the airport in Singapore pushing the luggage cart. It's like him and his agent. Um, and I just look at that and I'm like, there's no way that 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 he was set up. For success, yeah, to have the year that he was supposed to be, ha- you know, that, that that we all expect from him, I guess is. And then you know he's on what adult spring break this week over at Baker's Bay with with uh, Ricky and Smiley and uh, Justin Thomas. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're. Get- he should have been doing four months ago. Yeah, taking yeah. a break. I'm sure he's getting some work in down there. They, I think they they do play a bunch at Baker's Bay, don't they? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. Probably MJ will probably come over and play a five some with him, and then <laughs> just drink, just, just drink straight vodka from the bottle because it seems like that's what he does. Um, do you think? Uh, what? Who, who's your pick to win the U.S. Open at this point? Um. Good question. I'm gonna go with Horschel. Whoa! All right. 
All right. Yeah, I think he's just lurking. I don't think anybody's gonna be able to putt on these greens. <laughs> that was the exact reasoning I gave uh, DJ as to why I'm picking DJ. Yeah, yeah I was I was considering DJ too. Um, but yeah, I think Horschel's a great pick. I mean, shit, it, 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 at Marion a couple years ago, he hit he hit 18 greens. Horschel did, or, yeah, Horschel did, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So that's I'm right. like, you know, I'm like, hey, if, if nobody's gonna be able to, to you know, if, if like if it's gonna be all lag putting and just baby in the ball, because I mean, from what I've heard, there's not a single member that plays a lot out of Oakmont that hasn't four putted all 18 greens <laughs> at some point, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, from by all accounts, it's just the most diabolical set of set of putting surfaces you've ever seen um so yeah i, I think that would favor a ball striker if you're almost taking that you know as, as, as long as he can stay disciplined and as long as he's hot because he's just a streaky player yep okay How about you? i buy it I'm, th- I'm taking dj picked it before DJ. the season i think for that exact reason i feel like i don't think everyone's like oh their greens are the hardest uh that's uh, you have to be a great putter to win there i think like really hard greens almost kind of neutralizes the good putters in my mind i mean uh, who knows? I could play out com- the complete yeah, opposite no, of that. I, but. I just think back to like my even my game. I'm at my be- like I'm a terrible putter and chipper, but I'm at my best when I'm on really fast greens, and I don't. My stroke's not as long. Yeah, Dunwoody, you know, Dunwoody in yeah, the summer. Yeah, yeah. You know where the ball's gonna go. You you know it's like less. You know, there's more. It's more margin for error on a shorter stroke, right? Yep, I'm with you. So. You know, so that that's kind of my mentality about it. That could be totally counterintuitive, but you know, it sounds like we're in agreement here. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to ask a big Randy question, then I'm going to let you pick some questions because I know you probably flagged a couple good ones as well. But our boy, Big Randy NLU, what did you think of the Masters telecast presented by CBS? We talked about that a little bit. Um, the second part of the question is: Should Augusta lead a ball rollback initiative? Um, yeah. So on the first part of the question, you know, I know a couple other people. Have touched on this in their pieces or podcasts like marty kaufman and a couple other people golf world but like i I don't know i just i don't get that so i'm told that the bbc had pro tracer yeah that's true on their telecast or like i just all the stuff we were talking about earlier with matthew fitzpatrick and all that all these problems are solved if you just show more golf shots (laughs) that's exactly right Right, like it's it's not rocket science. And so so after I wrote that piece, um, after I think it was which tournament was that? Um, it was it was Riviera. Riviera, right? yeah, your but yeah. your baby. So I, and and I want to do a similar thing with with uh, NBC and everything, but I just have, I think I'm going to do it for the players. Um, but and you know it was it was like the the, the response was so resounding where everybody just wants to see more golf like nobody all and, and maybe we're just in this twitter echo chamber yeah but like for the most part i don't know we're, we seem like the kind of demographic that they're trying to court you know the younger generation you know all these people who just are going to actually tune in and watch golf for decades it, yeah and it's like you know they're just totally pissing in a way and it's you, you, know, you, you can't tell me that they don't have the, the wherewithal to do it. I mean, you look at PGA Tour Live, or you look at when they yeah. when they televise, you know, some of those, like they did them a couple of years ago, they did them a couple times last year, the, the you know, kind of the um, spotlight coverage yeah. that, that 
that uh, Golf Channel did, and they showed three or four holes, and you get to see all these guys hit the same shot, and you really get to judge their swing. But it's like, why can't we see that in, like, 13T at Augusta? They, they didn't show a single tee shot on 13T at Augusta on Sunday until, like, the you know second to last group or the third to last group, which is just criminal. And and you, you, you understand, I understand that covering a golf tournament's hard. We admit that. Yeah, we, uh, we know that. Absolutely. But... There are cameras out there for all these shots, all right? There's, uh, maybe, is it safe to say 98% of the shots on the PGA Tour are recorded in some way? Like, there's no, nobody makes an ace Thursday morning and there's, and there's no footage of it, is there? I, I feel like every shot is at least somewhat recorded. At this point, yeah. I mean, unless it's, yeah. you know, unless it's a couple of, you know, guys that got in and, you know, do a couple of withdrawals and they're the first alternate. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's exceptions to the rule for sure. But yeah, there's no, you know, it, it's just so disrespectful to the viewer at this point for CBS to sit there and know that you know Westwood chipped in for birdie on you know I don't know if that was fourteen or seventeen or what, but like and 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 sit there for like ten minutes. And not even acknowledge it, and we can hear the roars yeah. in the background. It's it's what what frustrates me is they're more interested in telling their version of the story than letting the event happen, you know, or letting the story tell itself. Um, what, in what world do I need to see a FedEx Cup update on the back nine on Sunday? Like. It, it, who in there? Who is honestly like, man? This golf tournament's really good, but I have no idea where where these players stand at this really arbitrary, stupid yeah. point system in the middle of the season. Or that means absolutely how, nothing. How often CBS shows the leaderboard? Oh God! Just, just throw a leaderboard up in the top right section of the screen or the bottom left section of the screen, and just have it up there. And, and why do I need to or see Nansen? Devices too. We know exactly where yeah. they stand. Nansen, the solo shots of Nansen Faldo too. Like, what? You can't put them in a, in a corner. Give me a picture in picture. Give me something. The the, 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 the I think the, I'm just I'm so merciless with them too because yeah. they, they it's like they choose to go to commercial break and then they'll show two shots like and then all the music that they do. All the lead ins and lead outs with the music that makes it ten times worse. That's what I'm saying. Is like it just feels like a, a just so it's narrative just so much driven. Fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's this. It's just it's not designed for you and I. It's not. It's designed for the you know the 55 year old guy casually tunes in on the weekend and doesn't really pay that much attention to it. But, but even then, like I think that's the thing that gets me is everybody that I talk to, even my dad, who really doesn't give that much of a shit about golf. Yeah. Everybody I talk to is like, I just want to, like, I'm tuning into a golf tournament to see golf shots. Yeah. Not all putts either. You don't have to show us all yeah, the putts. I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just not enough interesting shots. And I, and, uh, and I, I tweeted out that I made a joke about McCord this weekend. A lot of people got on me that they like McCord, but I, it, the, it just drives me nuts when he, like, somebody hits a chip and it's like, oh, is it going to get up? Is it going to go? Oh, oh, and he's talking the whole time while the ball's rolling to the hole. Who needs that? Who needs that? It's not funny. It's not informative. It's it's it uh, completely detracts. I don't even me. mind McCord, but when CBS just tries to plug and play somebody else, like when Faraday leaves, they just plug and play somebody else, or when, yeah. you know, I think I think Osterhouse is sorely missed on the broadcast. Um, you know, it, it just seems like there's just not a whole lot of thought to 
hey, maybe we need to make more than just these subtle tweaks to our formula. Right. You know, it's just there's just this overriding sense of arrogance with right. CBS. And that's what gets me. All right, quickly, on the second part of the question, as we're approaching an hour here, but um, yeah. uh, roll back a ball initiative. Is this something that Augusta should take up? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, nobody else had the balls to do it. <laughs> No at least, the, at least the anchor, the the anchor that's not even really a band is in effect now. Bernard Longer can still do it. But yeah, yeah right. Um, and that's coming from you know, I mean, shit. I I was a belly putter for a little bit there. Um, you know, I've, I've been in the dark ages with with putting, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's you know, Jack's been right all along about it. You know, it's it's the ball is detrimental to the game right now. I mean, it's. You roll the ball back to like where we, when we grew up, what did you play? Well, I all I cared about was spinning the ball, so I played Tour Prestigious. I didn't care how much I That's sliced it. That's what I it. played too, man. I loved, I loved spinning the ball. They were terrible golf it was balls. Soft, I hated it. it. Was like playing a noodle. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at it like it was like Maxfly Revolution, Titleist, Tour Professional 90, Tour Professional 100, yep. Tour Prestige. Um, Precept came out for a little bit. You know, I mean, it's like back in the day, like you could work the ball. There was more artistry. There's just so much. There's so much more interesting stuff when it's like I, I think that's why Whistling Straits last year was just such a bad tournament for me because it was just it was like there was no there were no obstacles to you could take it over yeah. as far over a corner as you wanted to and there was there was literally no downside to it. Yeah, there's no strategy the, to it. it was, yeah, it's just yeah. bomb and gouge. I'm with so, like, I'm fine with guys playing bomb and gouge, but there needs to be enough... Punishment you know, to make you bomb. think of it. Yeah, there need, yeah. yeah it, yep. it needs to be more equitable, and there needs to be more t- courses out on tour, like Harbor Town last week, that, that incentivize the right stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, can I run my... My tweet that I rejected myself on, uh, that I didn't tweet on Sunday, that I was afraid to tweet. We're, we're an hour in, so I feel safe saying it now. Yeah. Um, it was when Bernard Longer like ejected on number three, I think. He went way over the green or something. Um, I think it was uh, not the first mid-50s German to uh, have himself to, to, to take himself out with one shot from close range. But I, <laughs> I didn't go for it. You should have pulled the trigger. Um, Also, on a recent podcast, I won't say who, but somebody asked a fantastic question, and I was asked to remove it, but I'm going to ask it towards you instead. Um, This is from N. Cheney 3. His question is, what are your top weed names from Augusta National Golf Holes? My top three, Carolina Cherry, Chinese Fur, and Firethorn. Shit, I gotta look at the. <laughs> I think yellow jasmine should be in there. All right, so we're we're basically guaranteeing that we're we're never getting press passes to it. <laughs> we've jasmine. known this. Come on, we've known this. You don't have to answer that no. question. I just wanted to read that question. No, so I thought it was great. great. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, looking at it's not necessarily a whole name, but looking at just every you know the, the totality of Augusta, I would say maybe the Eisenhower tree. Just roll a fat joint and call it the Eisenhower tree. The Eisenhower tree. <laughs> have you uh, picked? Do you have any questions? I like Firethorn though too. Firethorn. Firethorn is solid. Firethorn, yellow jasmine. 
I don't have the list in front of me, but flowering crab apple. Yeah, <laughs> the stickiest of the icky. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh... Do you uh, do you have any questions that you flagged from any of the yeah, we've sent? Let me, um... Yeah, I've been blown away. Thank you, everybody, for that. Yeah, this is awesome. This is makes it really easy. My preparation for this is basically non-existent. So yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, sorry. Let me let me take a sec to scroll through some of these. And, okay. Um, yeah, I figured we can. You know, let's just let's just keep rolling, and then we can we can cut out whatever we need to. Yeah. What we went too long on. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Your brother wants to know worst threads on tour. He wants a top three perpetrator list. Neil Schuster. Worst threads on tour. Um, Kucher's got to be up there, right? He's got to be, yeah. Just the khaki look. Uh, I would say Troy Merritt. That guy is just. The shit that he wears is like unconscionable. <laughs> it's really um, bad. Because <laughs> he's like, he's mixing in these weird designs with like. like Almost like mid two thousands Furic style shirts. It looks like somebody sewed two patterns together and then he wears it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's bad. And then, um, yeah, so I would say he's up there. Um, I don't think who else? JJ Henry's got to be up there. That purple mock turtle that he wears is just godforsaken. Um, I, I feel say, like you you could mention JJ Henry in every podcast if you tried. Yeah, probably that guy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, I would say Robert Streb. I like the guy a lot, but he wears some pretty brutal stuff too. It's, he wears a lot of purple too. You're against the purple overall. I feel like I'm not against the purple. It's just just the way they wear it. Like if you wear it, like if I don't know, if Justin Thomas or like Justin Lent, like somebody that's like with polo, like like Tom Watson wears purple a lot. Yeah. But he's always going to pull it when it's looked good, you know? Kyle Porter wants to know, I think 8 to 10 is a lot to name, but he says, start a golf media company with 8 to 10 people, pick anybody, tell me who and why, exclude all of us, Obvi. All of us meaning who? I assume, I don't, I don't know, that makes it tough. I assume he means me, you, and him. Um, Unless he's really looking for a shout out, which I don't think is Kyle's style. Uh, I'm gonna pick Lance Barrow. I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking DJ for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, DJ from from PGA Tour. DJ. Sounds like they're kind of trying to do that with the whole scratch TV thing. Yep. Um, I'm picking. I don't know, man. That's a tough question. It's hard. Well. I was going to go away from like the golf blogosphere guys, yeah. whatnot, because that's too easy to take your friends. But I would, I, I think the the, uh, the best way to phrase the question is like, who of people that are on networks, on TV, and are actual media or journalists yeah. would you build around? Yeah, I would say. Uh, I don't know. I used to just totally dislike the guy, but I think Johnny Miller's fantastic. He entertains me. Um, I think Faraday's up there. He does a great job. I would bring somebody back in the mix. He's kind of arrogant, and you know, I think I guess he kind of wore out his welcome at um, at Golf Channel. But uh, what's the guy's name? He used to do all the like all the interview shows, like Golf Talk Live. Um, his name was Peter something. 
Um, not Peter. I have no idea. Oh, oh, Peter Kessler. Peter Kessler. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Total blowhard, but I felt like he actually asked good questions and he got people talking. I bet um, if I, I somewhere I hope Peter's like listening to this podcast, like thirty-seven episodes in, never like listen to everyone like an hour into it. Hey, I got mentioned. <laughs> I'm just throwing grenades at the guy, but, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, because I, I guess he got fired. One of the reasons he got fired was just going after Arnold Palmer so hard about Palmer's stance on that. Remember that dumb like ERC driver that that Callaway came out with, where like the coefficient of restitution was was like point oh two above the, the uh, limit or whatever. Where like Palmer like took this hard stance on that, and Kessler just like went after him for it, and then got Palmer like crying about like basically just kept asking him questions about his wife passing away. Oh my just, god. Like, Jesus, man. Like, and this is the guy you want? This is the guy in your list? This is the guy that runs your network. <laughs> but, you no, know, but yeah, I feel like if you could just keep him in check, the guy's actually like really good golf mind, and I feel like there's not enough shows. Fairy's kind of filled that void, but like up until there, the Golf Channel had nothing. Yeah. It was just like a straight interview show. Just get guys talking about... That's the best, too, yeah, when you let like, guys just that, do your thing. You know, just telling stories, answering questions, and then also... You know, just showing old old golf. Like I love watching when they when they actually put on like quote unquote classic golf. Yeah, I have an idea for that that I'm not going to shout into the public either because I don't want anyone to steal it. But we'll, I'll remind when we hang up here, I'll tell you a great idea okay. I have for that. But yeah, we got a question from Mike Mazer. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, M Mays one. What can we do about the LPCP heritage? Um, I don't think we need to do anything about it. It's just kind of a, you know, it's kind of a sanctuary for those guys that that might that might lack pop on can, tour. And, can we get it know, in just, front of the Masters though? Yeah, the, the uh, yeah, but do you really want like a super chill event? But would it be super chill if it was right before the Masters? I feel like that's part of the reason why it is a super chill event. Well, do you, but all right, so on the flip side, do you want to go to Hilton Head and just grind your balls off? No. No, I mean, I just, it, it does, uh, I mean, I get, it's really close to Augusta, and it, it yeah. makes sense, but I mean, I have a hard time getting up for it every week, because, you know, there's so much build up to Augusta, and it just takes a lot yeah. out of you. And... Yeah, you're kind of kind of decompressing after Augusta. Yeah. I, I feel like they should do something where it's like the week after the Wells Fargo. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's that's close by, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, it's probably too, it's, is it yeah, too it hot? Does that get too hot, like in May? It gets hot, yeah. yeah. And I feel like the shell. I feel like shell should be. I don't know. The Houston Open's just the, kind of the fly in the ointment. I don't understand why they go all the way over to Houston, come back for Augusta. Yeah, schedule Good played out really Houston. weird this year. It was the Olympics kind of screwed everything up. That's going to be uh, it's going to be weird to see how that works every four years. But I think the Olympics is going to suck. Yeah, I think I'm going to be gone during it now that I look at my schedule. And I'm, I was like, oh, it sucks, I'm going to be gone. Then I was like, you know what? I don't think I really care that much. I could change my mind on that, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not too excited about it. But um, All right, I'm going to get you out on this. I have this on here. We're, we're approaching DJ's record on longest podcast. But uh, um, shoot, I just clicked. Josh Jones asked, of all the guys in the current top 12 on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, and I'll read them to you, who would you kick out of this group if you're f- forming your team? Spieth, 
DJ, Bubba, Sneds, ZJ, Fowler, Mickelson, Holmes, Reed, Haas, Kepka, Kisner. How many am I kicking out? Yeah. How many are you kicking out and who? Um, I guess we're asking you to form your Ryder Cup team. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think some of that's just... All right, so... so Ryder Cup said... Uh, Hazeltine. Hazeltine up in Minnesota. So I'm kicking out Snedeker. Ooh, he's fourth on the list. Yeah, list. I, just yeah. Don't, I just don't think he's a killer. Okay. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's a good guy. Um, uh, I'm kind of torn on Haas. Um, guy's an ATM machine, but yeah, I think Haas. I think he's a good option at at twelve. If you don't have like uh, like an up and cu- like look at like Spieth in thirteen at the Presidents Cup, he was a perfect guy to take a flyer on. If you don't have a kind of guy like that, I'm finally filling in Haas at number 12. But I'm not, like, thrilled going to battle with Bill Haas, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it would would more depend on who who I'm going to put on the team that's not on there. Right. You know, so... I mean, I think you and I both uh, strongly consider putting DeChambeau on this team. Uh, Probably booting either Kisner, Haas, J.B. Holmes, Sneds, Somebody in that I think the yeah. other thing is I don't know I don't know why they, they haven't made a bigger deal out of this but you got all these young guys that got a little bit more fresh experience with team golf competitions yeah. and not just team golf just straight up match play competitions too you know with the Western AM um, USAM you know all that stuff where you know I feel like there sh- there should be more emphasis placed on that knowing how to play match play golf. Yeah, no, I I I agree. Um, I just I don't know. I feel like when we look back at players' records and stuff, how much does Phil's record from the two thousand six Ryder Cup matter? You know what I mean? I, it's just such a small sample over a really spread out period of time that um, I mean, Ricky Fowler's never won a Ryder Cup match. Do you have any hesitation to put him out? You know, four times the first two days. I don't. Yeah. I mean. But that, but that's because I don't know. I just remember with Ricky, the one year he, he stepped up. In my opinion, <laughs> everyone remembers 2010 when he buried the last four holes to earn a half point. But it's like, um, I mean, yeah, he still has never won a Ryder Cup match. This is kind of that's shocking. Kind of incredible. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, all right, I want to do a little rapid fire here. I got, I got a few questions. All right, I've already decided this is going into two parts, so we got time. So go ahead. <laughs> so Soren Kelton's layup from 206 out in the 13th fairway on Sunday, the most LPCP shot in Masters history. That's from Charlie Ogburn. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Zach Johnson's entire <laughs> oh, catalog seven. from whatever year that was he won. I've kind of banished it from my memory. He was blocked out too, wasn't he? I think yeah. I think he was either yeah. It was just it wasn't. I mean, it's Soren Keldson. It's not like the guy's a bomber. I'm I'm willing to. So it's funny. Every time I go out and play golf now, if I lay up, people are like, "Oh, look at the new guy. He's laying up." You know, like I, I mean, literally, it's like. But in my opinion, it's not laying up if you can't if you can't physically get there. Right. right? It's not about playing outside of your ability your ability as a player. You know, you don't have to reach for driver on every single hole. The whole point, in my opinion, of no laying up is like, if you're presented with, if you have the chance to do it and you have the ability to do it, 
it's about embracing that, you know, yeah. fig- like we're not not worrying about what could go wrong with it and just going for it. It's not yeah, anytime I take iron off the tee now, it's like, "Oh, whatever happened to no laying up?" It's like yeah. I can't drive a 360-yard hole. Like I I'm yeah, not laying exactly. up. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so like, you know, I, I was out on Saturday and these guys were like, you know, cool guys. They were like they were like, "Oh, you hitting an iron off the tee?" I was like, "Yeah, like I'm not it's a 390-yard par 4. Like I'd rather have a I'd rather have like a full you know, full wedge, like, we were downwind, I'd rather have a full wedge in my hand. Yeah, of course. Full nine iron, and, and, um, and then, I hit driver off the deck on the next hole, and they're like, dude, you're so far out, I'm like, cause I, that shot just fits my eye, you know? But <laughs> you love it. It's, it's not about being an idiot, though, it's about, you know, you can be smart and not lay up, I guess is my, 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 my point there. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. This is from DC3. DC3 tweets. Uh, most inexcusable offense. Golf shoes as a spectator or sandal golf shoes as a player? Um, I, I, I think I have a confession to make. I think this will feel a lot better once I've said it. Do you own the sandal golf shoes? No, I most definitely not. I don't know if it's better or worse. But I have worn golf shoes to a golf tournament before as a spectator. Um, feels good to finally say it. Um, but my only excuse I'm making for myself is you have did not ever attend the Memorial Tournament in the late 90s and early 2000s. When yeah, like it, those 10 years in a row when it just... When it rained for six straight days and it's just mud everywhere and you have wiped out, you do need some traction in, those, in, the, in, the, in the walkways because they get so matted down, so muddy... That yeah, I've done it before. I'm sorry, I have. Now, if it's a well, seventy, why wouldn't you wear like LLB boots or something like that? Because you need the tracks. You need to be actually be able to grip. If there's any slope you're going down at all, like people, there's certain spots where you can see where people have just slid. There's people. There, people camp out and they just wa- they drink and watch people slide down hills. Like oh, here comes one. Here comes a woman in heels. Boom. Oh, I know. I, I remember at the President's Cup. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I, I can I can also accept the argument of wearing like soccer cleats like that would actually work too as well. But um, sometimes you just need to wear awesome. an old pair. I think I've done that before too when I was like a kid. But an old pair of cleats to get some grip when it's really raining, pissing sideways, and just mud everywhere. And like the the Memorial Mirfield is like stadium seating. Like there's hills around all of the greens and stuff, so there's slope everywhere you go. So yeah, sometimes you do need a little traction. Now again, if it's seventy-five and sunny, don't ever wear golf shoes to, as a spectator. But I feel like anybody that ever wears them gets just gets thrown in that bucket, and it's a it's a bit unfair. I gotta say it. Um, Sam- right, so I mean, really, the only person I've ever seen wear those sandal golf shoes was like Paul Stankowski <laughs> back in the day. I think I, I, I think he was in. An endorser for them. Recent unfollower of No Lang Up, actually, too. So, really? Yeah, ejected. Stanko. Get out of here, Stanko. Get out of here with your sandals, golf sandals. I'm not bitter. Yeah, that, uh, was a dark, that was kind of a dark time for the tour. It was like guys like Scott McCarron and him. Scott Verplank made a career out of... <laughs> yeah, that yeah. guy made like $28 million. God, at one point, as of like two years ago, he was like the 20th highest earner in PGA Tour history or something like that. Something absolutely ridiculous like that. Yeah, it's it's mind-blowing. It's... Uh, um, so no, like David Tom's. I, lo- I like David Tom's, but seventh of all time or something like so that. So much money. It's 
It's insane. Tiger tax, man. Tiger tax. Thank you, thank you, Big Randy. Uh, but no, the, no, no excuse ever for sandal golf shoes ever, ever, ever. Okay. No, can't be done. Um, let's see here. That's really shit. We got ten new notifications too. Um, who would you like to see on the podcast? Me? You're asking me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ultimate goal. I feel like the best possible person to get on. Um, combining the most interesting person with somebody who I think would give good answers would be Rory. I think he'd be awesome guy to really dig down, chat, and kind of figure out because I feel like he gives good answers to questions, but like people in press conferences just don't. I don't know. You don't get a chance to have a you know an hour long conversation with them. Um, a guy I'd really like to get those bones uh, to talk to tell Phil stories for an hour would be like I think the dream. Yeah. What, what do you think? Do you have any uh, any like a top three? Um, I would get Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. <laughs> um, I think he would be strong, quite strong. <laughs> is he is he in jail or is he out? How's his tax evasion going? Uh, he went to jail. I think he's back out on the senior tour. Is Not he back? Well, but he's uh, he's out there. Okay. He's doing it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, scrolling through these questions. Most of the stuff we got was was either Kucher related, like how lame are Skechers golf shoes, um, or which I think we need to call them out too because they act like they just straight up ripped off Torsos. Yeah, they kind of did, didn't they? What? Well, well, I don't like to even admit that because we're like we're associated with like Skechers, but now, but it's it's bullshit. Yeah. That was bullshit. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, that's that's inherently disrespectful. You got to give Bridgestone a little credit for their move. After I photoshopped the fanny pack on Kucher, <laughs> yeah. them sending me a signed dozen golf balls signed by Matt Kucher, a head cover signed by Kucher, and a fanny pack. They went out and bought a fanny pack. I'm sorry, that was expert level trolling by. I think her name's Jordan Wink at uh, at, at Bridgestone. That was that was kudos to that. That's props. I wonder uh, if Kucher was in on that. I wonder if he knew if he knows who you are. Probably. He has to. <laughs> hey, did you? Um, did Bubba see you guys wearing your no laying up gear at all on uh, Monday at the Masters? Didn't. I'm trying to think. It was crazy how I many people came up to us and were like, because we were, we had the hats on and then we were wearing the black uh, black dry fits. And um, it was funny because we went over to Augusta Country Club afterwards, and I think we were like the only people ever in that clubhouse without collared shirts on. <laughs> People were just looking at us like we had three heads, um, but yeah, I mean that was that was a great scene over there. But I, I mean, so many guys came up to us and were like, "Are you guys like the no lay? Like, do you guys buy that stuff from no laying up?" And we're like, "We're like we're a couple of those guys," and they were like, you know, and then the one guy says, "He's like, are you Tron Carter?" <laughs> you got recognized. Yeah, and I'm, just, I'm like, yeah, I'm Tron. You know, it's like it's like when Jeff Shackelford. He's aggregated a couple of our pieces, and he's like, "Yeah." As Carter points out, like it's like Carter's like, like Carter's like it's like I'm a real person. He has an actual name. It's not Tron Carter. People, I wonder the percentage of people that think your name is really Tron Carter. That's the best part. Like people, people, people just take it at face value. What is the story like, behind? I don't Tron even know if I know the the story behind that. Uh, it's just the Chappelle Show character. Is this last name Carter too? Though I know it's Tron. There's a Chappelle. Yeah, character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, think okay. It's yeah, I, think I thought you like Carter. combined. The guy that, like wins the lottery. He's like the world. Or the. 
Oh, pleads the dice game. Pleads the fifth, too. Yeah, pleads the fifth. Um, the fifth. He's make, fifth. Fifth. He's making juice. That's right. That's right. He was on Mad Real World? The Mad Real World, yeah, he was on Mad Real World. That was, that was, that was, that's my favorite Tron Carter moment. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's funny. A lot, of the, a lot of these questions we've gotten are stuff that, you know, people are asking about fashion stuff. Like one guy said, when can we expect a, a House of Tron fashion piece from from NLU? So I may have to are we, make a confession to my wife here soon or something. I'm, I'm, you know, might be too much of a sartorialist. <laughs> I don't, I, I, people look at us as fashion experts. I'm, I has, I guess they look at me just because I bitch about Kucher's thread so much and then, and, and the then speed belts. Belt. It's like, I have no room to talk. Cause I, I, I think I was like years behind the white belt going out of style. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I don't really play golf anymore. So I haven't bought new golf clothes in forever. And it's kind of my only option, so I just like stopped playing golf now because I don't want to wear the white belt out playing golf. <laughs> I didn't know the white belt was ever in style. It may not have been. I'm not. I'm not a style expert in the least. But I, you're talking to a guy who played Ben and Dunes a few years ago, wearing like the all blue Dustin Johnson <laughs> jumpsuit, uh, and thought it looked really good. Looking back at pictures, that's quite regrettable. But that's like it was my birthday a couple weeks ago, and my parents were like, "What do you want for your birthday?" I got. I asked for Tom Doak's confidential guide to golf courses. Highly recommend that. It's sweet. Um, the guy just. You want to talk about hot golf architecture takes? The guy just shits on people. It's great. <laughs> um, but also, I got. I, I, I asked for a, a gator, you know, alligator leather belt, you know, because I was like, man, like I go out and play with people, and if I'm wearing just some. Some kind of average looking belt, people are going to judge the shit out of me. Yeah, you set the, the shit bar out of everybody else on their belt. <laughs> you set the so bar I high. The walk, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so we're not, you're not allowed to wear like shitty belts and you're not allowed to lay up ever based on, based on our internet yeah. personas. So. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, this is the record. I think you beat DJ's record, longest <laughs> podcast in LU history. I'll have to make this two parts. Um, anyone still listening out there? We have got. I've tweeted several links to it. We've got a lot of fresh gear in our pro shop. Uh, if you ever want to thank us for doing all these free ad-free podcasts, yeah. go online. Check out the new hats. Todd took care or Tron. Sorry, took care of <laughs> of, of the hats. And uh, and they are they're awesome. They're fresh. I've got mine. I think mine just got delivered today. I haven't picked it up yet, but um, a lot of good stuff going on in the pro shop. Um, and, and then yeah, keep telling us, keep giving us feedback of what you want to see in the pro shop or what we can improve upon as far as you know. Like I, I don't know. I didn't put for whatever reason. I didn't put no laying up on our hats. I just felt like the Torsos logo kind of stood out on itself. But but you know. People have been resounding and saying that there should be some text on the hat. Yeah. So, I mean, keep that stuff coming. We we will uh, we do listen. Yeah, yeah, we would. And uh, as well, it's very helpful if you guys leave reviews and comments on the iTunes page for this podcast. Um, it helps it, you know, become a, like a, help helps people recognize it. And we we do we appreciate your feedback too. A lot of people have commented on. The audio issues, we're aware of it. Um, unfortunately, recording overseas, I'm very limited in my options to record these things. But uh, appreciate the feedback, all the questions. We couldn't do this without without all that. So much love yeah. and appreciation for that. So, And lastly, just want to give a shout-out to uh, Adam Sarson. 
of the uh, of the Shack House podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Adam, or Adam Sarson of the Shack House podcast, also of NoLangUp.com. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So, all right, Tron. Thank you for the time, man. We'll have to do this uh, definitely before two more years go by again. So, hope so. Yeah, all absolutely. Right. I'd love to. <laughs> all right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Peace out. See you. See you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect 